We all know play is essential for healthy brain development in children. It is, and play isn't associated as closely with adults, but it's just as good for us. For sure, play keeps our brains engaged, relieves stress, wards off depression, and can sharpen our skills. Join us as we rediscover what play looks like as adults. Woohoo! The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. It's the Aperol Spritz 2.0, and kids, I love an Aperol Spritz so much. So gin, Aperol, lime, um, little grape, grapefruit juice, bubbly, but we use the Empress gin. Empress gin in this, and so it's purple. So the the color is really pretty on this one. Yeah, it is. That Aperol is so good. And you just top it off with a little sparkling water. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So this is a delicious little summertime drink or fall drink or you know anytime drink. You should try it out. It's a drinky drink. Karen loves to go do some research, and you found a really cool organization or source for us for this podcast, didn't you? I did. The National Institute for Play is a really great organization, they do all of the research about play, which I find completely fascinating, both both children and adults. Um, but they're kind of like the, the research arm of why play is so good. So that's pretty fun. That's pretty fun. Yeah. And this is, this is a topic that you were really excited about. And I, I feel like as most grownups I know go, you are pretty heavy on play as a part of your lifestyle. One of the things that I learned about play is that play can't be defined by somebody else. Play has to be defined for you. Because if if oh. if my husband, for example, says, for me, golf is pure relaxation, it is not play. Because he takes it very seriously and it's a bit of zen, I can't say, well, golf is play for you. So it's totally self-defined. It's something that is immersive According to this organization, it's something that you can lose track of time in, which means you're fully present. So it's something that just brings you joy. But I love the notion that it has to be defined by the person who's doing it. But think about when kids play. When they're really playing, you might have to say their name three or four times to get their attention because oh, they're just sure. in their own world. I mean, that is some focus and that, that is, is some letting go. It's so true. And it's it's funny because to me, I want to say for me, play is really spontaneous and it's really, really, really imaginative. And e- even if, you know, we think of play with our imagination, like, oh, we're going to do drama or something. But I think even, even kicking a ball around the yard can be really imaginative. It's immersive. You lose track of time. You are doing what comes next naturally. You're not trying to be strategic necessarily. So it's a different part of your brain, right? It Completely. it just, it the behaviors to just be free and play without a massive end goal in mind, which like for Kevin, golf has an end goal in mind. So it feels different, right? That's a That's something we don't do very often and in very many other spaces. Well, and you know, if you listen to our last episode, we were talking about when is it time to let go of an idea? Because you and I are very goal oriented. We we know how to go after, and play is like the opposite of that thing. Yeah. In fact, uh, the National Institutes for Play say that work is not the opposite of play; that it's actually 
they're, that they're not in the same space at all. And so like, there's no objective for play. It's just done for its own sake. So I might be able to say that hiking is play for me because I'm not hiking in order to, I mean, sometimes it's for fitness, but really I'm doing it to get lost. I mean, not, not geographically lost, but I'm just losing my mind in that immersive experience. That's very fun. I see. I I have a harder time with this than you because I have a really hard time turning my brain off from what should I be doing and what should I be accomplishing right now? There's something on my list. I should be attending to it. So I have a very, very, very hard time letting go of that soundtrack that runs through my head. Um, Therefore, I really like this episode because it reminds me that I should do it. So I sort of feel like you're teaching me how to remember to play right this minute. (laughs) Yeah. And and so there's, there's different types of play. There's like uh, sitting down and playing with your kids that could be making a puzzle. It could be playing a game. It could be building Legos depends on who your kid is. But then there's also like this passive play where you're just kind of like tinkering or building or experimenting um, you know, I would, I would put things for myself in that category, like gardening or, or maybe building something that I'm not sure how it's going to be at the end. Not like a tool, like, oh, if I gather all these sticks and arrange them in a certain way, that could be pretty, you know? (laughs) So, I mean, there's, uh, experimentation to it. And the outcome might be satisfaction, but the outcome is not necessarily, I'm going to sell this beautiful work of art, right? Yeah. It's oh, just yeah. um, the pleasure and quality of the activity. That's very fun. I love that description. For me, and when I think about our family and, and what play does, oftentimes it's it's ways to be together. So things like board games or playing Frisbee or goofing off with the dog. Um, oftentimes that plays group activities and it's ways for us to engage in a common space that isn't, you know, chore based or project based or something. And the thing that I love is just the spontaneous nature of how you can pick that up, uh, of how you can break into a card game or, um, everybody can be kind of hanging around and someone will say, Ooh, let's play ticket to ride. And everybody gets up and we decide to do the thing. And, um, you know, in the summer, there's nothing more playful than the fact that there's always a Frisbee two feet away in my house, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I just love it. I really like, um, we do a lot. My, our family loves making a fire out on the deck and um, there's always music playing and often we play like a language-based game. You know, we won't get out and do cards or board game because we're sitting often in the dark, but it's, we'll play the ABC game or we'll play... 20 questions or we'll play. And so it's just this kind of, or we'll do it in the car. You know, it's a very natural banter around silly notions that aren't meaningful and we're not playing a game to compete. Right. Right. Nobody needs to win. It's just something that fills. It's almost like just something that fills time that brings joy. And it's often very silly. I love that. I really do. And it's funny, uh, it's funny when I think about this topic, as we're thinking about this topic, I reflect on COVID times when we really were all trapped in our houses for a year or so, I forget how long, and none of our kids were going to school in real life. And that was the moment 
at which for us screen time and video game rules went out the window because being on online playing games with with our son's friends it was the only time he had to play with his friends mm-hmm. it was the only way he could interact with them and they would have these long drawn out imaginative conversations with fairly imaginative video games we're lucky that he doesn't really play shoot 'em up stuff he ba- plays building and exploring stuff and listening to them all invent and build off of each other and come up with something clever. We let them do it for hours, which, which feels wrong because it was screens, but it was so much play and so much creativity and so much fun. So for well, me, it's about, and, 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 and especially given the pandemic contributing positively to mental health for connecting sure. with others. Well, and I think that's a lot of what play does because in our driven to-do list goal-oriented society or in my to-do list goal-oriented head, something that stops that treadmill and lets you get off of it and explore is really, really healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I remember I spent, you know, a large part of my childhood in a tree and my husband gets nervous when the kids climb trees and, you know, I've had some conversation with them about, you know, strategies to stay safe. Like don't climb a tree in your flip flops. (laughs) It's just not the best choice, (laughs) but like, I, I want them to spend time in trees going up there and like just chilling with a stuffed animal being in the, feeling the way that the leaves sound when the breeze goes through them. It's just, kind of a delightful thing. And our task oriented brain is a totally separate place than where play happens. And it's a muscle that has to be built. And at some point as adults, we get away from it and play is learning and play is, I think, building empathy. I think if you explore and you test and you try, you can build empathy for, for mother earth, for other people other points of view in play that come up if you're playing with another person. I think a lack of play can have some negative consequences. I think that play improves your life. Oh, for sure. And it's funny for me because play, it's creativity and it's where you explore and you learn something new and you have aha moments and you think what if and you try something that maybe you haven't tried before. And it's all of these good and healthy things that help you explore how to use your brain and how to solve problems and how to see something from a new point of view. And so I find it pretty fun, pretty useful. And it's good to have this reminder that we should do it more often, even as adults. It's funny. Um, I joke that um, John and I, our love language is projects. You know, let's build something from scratch. Let's solve this problem. And um, for him, I think, like he would never be the kind of guy to go find someone else's blueprints on the internet to build a shed, for example. He would invent his own. And for him, doing it from scratch and figuring out, should I do this or should I do that? Or can I make it go this way? And what should that angle be? When I watch him, when he's in the when he's in that mode, he's playing and having fun. Yeah, 
You know what I mean? And so I find it so interesting, no matter where you immerse yourself, whether you immerse yourself in the tree or for him, it's in figuring out the angles and the load and how it's going to work. For me, it's digging in sand and digging through rocks or something like that. No matter what your medium or space is, that, that place to explore and just wander through the experience really stretches your brain a bit. Yeah. Absolutely. So the the cool part is if you're sitting there listening to us thinking that we've gone off the deep end, I challenge you to figure out how to incorporate play into your life. And again, play is defined by the player, right? Um, So the National Institute for Play, if you go to their website, they actually have adult play discovery in three steps. So um, you'll have to go on their website to see the steps. But the first step is de- determining what kind of play personality are you. I think Jen, we just heard that you and John are project people. You are a you're a creator, right? But there's collectors, you know, storytellers. So somebody who collects cars that could be very much play to that person. To me, that sounds super boring. But <laughs> if you are a collector of cars, go do that thing. But when my daughter and I, or when my son and I are on a beach and we're collecting things we find in the sand that brings us joy. So are you a storyteller? So you might be, play might to you look like open mic night or trying out for community theater. Are you a competitor or an artist or an explorer? So go to the website and look at all the adult personality play types. And then like, how do you like to play? Is it a social outlet for you? Or is it like solitude for you? Is it, you know, what, is it, is it an opportunity to spend family time? So it, maybe it's less social external to your home, but maybe it's an opportunity for quality time. And then choose something that sounds fun to you. I mean, gosh, this, this is not, this is not, um, you know, super scientific stuff, but, but when you think about it through those lens, that lens, I think you could find opportunity. I love that. I love that answer. And it's, so I'll be going to the website and we're going to do that as a family exercise. It'll be good times. But um, what It'll I like about this. See what mix you have in your family. Because it oh. does say that you could have more than one personality. Like you could be a a collector and a creator. Like you collect all the shells, but you might create something with all your shells. Yeah. This sounds more fun than personality tests to figure out what kind of career you should have at the end of the day. For sure. Sounds a little more this fun. This doesn't than- have an objective. This doesn't this doesn't sound like Myers Briggs. No. Weird. It's just play. Yeah. And you know, just doing something fun and figuring out how that fits in. It could change your life. It could change how you approach your job. It could change what you do with your days. It could change your point of view on all sorts of things and people and spaces if you just kind of explore and get out there and try something without a necessary end goal in mind. I actually think it could have a huge impact on your job because if you're willing to exercise your muscle in the area of what if and how come and try that or, oh, shoot, that didn't work. That's okay. Then if you exercise that muscle inside of the realm of work, I think you'll come up with new outcomes that are pretty extraordinary. Yeah. I think for me, <laughs> this is where it kind of relates back to the drink. I know this is goofy, but the um, Aperol Spritz 2.0. 2.0 is because you put something slightly different in. And I sort of look at it like um, 
scientific experiment or a chemical mix. You put in you put in something new, you get something different out, right? You add a new variable into the mix that is you and your day, and the result is different. And different is sometimes cool and surprising. And you can remix and remix to your heart's content. How fun. Love it. Thank you for that. No problem. It's mostly just because I like this drink. I love the Aperol. So do you. So and I'm a fan of play. You so are. We're gonna we're gonna challenge everybody. What are you going to play tonight? Tomorrow? What are you gonna try? Where are you gonna Where are you carving out that time to just go explore? If you haven't done it recently, go do it. Yep. No outcome. No no agenda. Just be free. I love it. Our next episode has a lot of heart. Our guest's story has its roots in unconditional love. Roz Keith is a wife, mother, entrepreneur, ally, and advocate. And in 2013, when her son came out as transgender, there were few resources available to help him transition socially, emotionally, psychologically, and medically. After nearly a year to find appropriate resources to support her child, she knew she needed to be a support for others. And that's how Stand With Trans was born. Join us.